Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I've got Todd Mulliken in studio for the full hour. I'm very excited about that. Todd is a counselor and an author and a speaker on marriage and families. And we're going to get specific today. We're going to uh, talk about a number of topics. One is going to be managing our anger versus our anger managing us. That's one of the topics we're going to discussed today. Also, having a forgiveness mindset versus a hurt mindset. Those are what we're going to cover in the first half hour. I'm only going to leave it there. Complete cliffhanger for the second half of the hour. Uh, Todd, welcome. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate I mean, seriously, it. I got to tease this out, right? <laughs> you do, yes. I, I'm not just going to give everything at first. And <laughs> Why just would go, you do that? Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thank nice you. to have you back here. Let's talk about managing our anger versus our Anger managing us. That's mm. a big deal. It is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because usually couples come in talking about communication struggles, one of the main reasons they come in. And oftentimes as we unpack things, it gets to be, it gets down to how we deal with the anger we have, right? And that, how do we sort that out? How do we send that out? How do we come towards each other and deal with that well? And, you know, a couple of verses that come to me that I think are just really helpful. I think we all know the one in James, James 1, where it talks about, you know, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So James is always kind of helping us with taming the tongue and regulating that. But a couple of Proverbs I think are really good, like Proverbs 16.32 is a big one where it talks about, you know, he that ruleth, um, you know, so it talks about being slow to anger and he that is slow to anger actually is better than the mighty. <laughs> and he that ruleth his spirit better than he that takes the city. So what I like about that verse is it talks about, again, that slow to anger piece. It doesn't talk about not being angry. You know, Ephesians 4.26 says, in your anger do not sin. So this isn't about, hey, we can't be angry. If we we're angry, that's bad and it's wrong. But it's more about how we handle it. But we're hearing when we handle it in a slower way, if you will, there's a better chance to have fruit. Another one that comes to mind is um, Proverbs twenty nine eleven, where it talks about, you know, don't give full vent to our anger because then the wise will bring calm to the end. So I think it's good to deal with the anger we have, but how are we creating a safe place to do it mm-hmm. and have anger? Todd, is anger just unaddressed frustration? I would say a little bit more of unaddressed hurt, Okay, but frustration's in there for sure. Because you're frustrated, you're frustrated, you're frustrated, and all of a sudden, now you're angry. Yeah. Right? Yep. And if had you maybe addressed some of the frustration, it might not have, what do, what do I know? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think you're... <laughs> I really don't. I'm just you know, throwing think, it out there. I think you're talking about a big segment of society, Bill, and I'm very much like that myself, where we tend to avoid a difficult conversation in the real time. Uh, versus address that. And typically people that address it in real time have less of an issue with unresolved anger 
but they have more of an issue of how they speak their anger, right? They are the one that is too fire-ready aim. You know, they're not slow to anger. Yeah. They get there quick, um, but they struggle because they don't have interactions with their spouse or significant other. They have more of an interrogation. But for those of us that are more, hey, we are slow to anger. We're not just fire-ready aim, but we're kind of withdrawing but hanging on to the hurt that just builds and builds and builds, and then usually it comes out in a way that's over something small, typically. Yeah. Well, what is anger? Yeah. What, maybe we can talk about well, that well, a little. Again, it's oftentimes referred to as a secondary emotion for hurt, which doesn't mean your word frustration doesn't make sense, you know, being distant, being overly sarcastic. There's lots of mad feelings, and anger is one of them. But in, in at least in what I've noticed after counseling a bunch of years is that when there is anger, you know, more often than not, there's hurt behind it. You know, somebody is hurt. Now, sometimes you just have straight impulsivity, kind of quick people that are just whether they're joyful or angry, they just bring it, right? But what oftentimes happens with anger is behind it is usually a sense of being hurt. So if your spouse or significant other is always kind of on the verge of blowing up or being angry, this is hurt that has not been addressed? Well, something's gone seriously wrong if you've lived decades and decades being mm-hmm. mad, and yeah. being full of anger, right? Yeah. So we would oftentimes say that person that has that type of anger that quickly, that often, more often than not, as we peeled away the onion, they usually brought anger into the story of marriage or into the story of their new relationship where early on in their story, there wasn't soothing when there was anger. You know, the dominant parent was too much fire ready aim. There wasn't soothing afterwards like God does with us and soothes us as his child. So oftentimes that young child, when they become a big person, they have that unresolved anger. So when they have anger, there isn't a, a, you know, we don't know how to soothe each other with it. We don't know how to get through it and just know we're still for each other in Jesus, even though we're really upset right now. Mm -hmm. So there hasn't been a a script or a pattern they've developed with how to communicate the anger they have in a way that lands okay. Now, Todd, you say that anger is oftentimes brought into the relationship. Was that anger most of the time masked prior to the marriage? I would say either. I would say sometimes that person always got into the grill of the dominant parent and they just had lots of fights. Okay but there wasn't soothing afterwards, or they just overly complied to that really ragey parent and just kind of sat back and listened and deferred, 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 deferred. And now, you know, maybe they've done some work on themselves and now they're not going to defer anymore, (laughs) but maybe they'll overcompensate and get too angry too quickly. So again, the good news is how do we allow, you know, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit to kind of come alongside us in these times of hurt and anger and dysregulation of those hurt emotions we have. Yeah, Todd, are we right now talking to the person who has anger? Or are we, because I also want to address the person who's the recipient of the anger. Yeah, either. So I think, you know, and this is not, another verse that comes to me is Proverbs 15.1 that says, a gentle answer will, you know, quiet wrath. Right. Now, I don't think that's always A equals B. <laughs> And a quiet, a gentle answer. Gentle doesn't mean passive or codependent. It means powerful, but strength under control, right? So I'm being gentle in my answer to anger, but I also am asserting what I think and what I need and how I'm feeling about that situation. Mm-hmm. But usually you find with somebody that is exposed to a spouse that has lots of unresolved anger, either from the marriage or what they brought in, 
is oftentimes picking up that secondhand smoke and dealing with those interactions they've had the last 20 years on and off. So they've developed their own kind of anger paradigm, if you will. So if you say, why are you so angry or we have to address your anger issues, that usually probably makes them angrier, doesn't it? <laughs> right. It's not the best lead out, you no, know. No, it's not. But and what do you do when you've got someone who's so angry in the house and you just, you're on eggshells? Yeah. You know, one one phrase I, I use quite a bit with clients is let each other in versus take it out on each other. So I'm going to do the best I can to let my spouse in. Like, hey, yesterday when we got into the argument about parenting, you know, here's here's how your stuff landed towards me. It felt like, you know, really angry and I was, I didn't know what to do with that. And I was really frustrated. How did you see it? Now, they might not receive that well, but to those folks that are out there that are more people pleaser ask, be less defined by the reaction of your spouse and more defined by your intentions, right? My intentions are good, they're of the Lord, I'm bringing forth my truth, I'm not trying to win this fight, I'm not trying to parent my spouse, I'm just trying to let them in from a place of vulnerability. So that needs to be the pattern they start. But usually they'll come in the next week and say that was bad advice, Tom, because <laughs> it didn't go well. Right, right? Uh, yeah. So let's talk about our anger managing us. What's tell, tell me the difference between managing our anger and our anger managing us. So I think it's really good to know your style, right? What You know, when you do get angry, again, that made the, the feeling sheet, Bill. It made the cut. You know, Jesus got angry plenty of times. So it's not like we can't be angry, but in the spirit of, we're supposed to rule our spirit, it says. You know, how are we with God's help ruling our spirit versus it ruling us? So for those of us that are avoiders and kind of build resentment versus come towards, I think we've got to manage our anger by not going to our resentment bank, but coming towards our partner, our spouse with what's bothering us and not be defined by, well, it didn't go well, so I did the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't go well, so that means it's bad. Well, if it doesn't go well, it doesn't mean it was a wrong thing to do. It's just a work in progress, it then, is, is it? for the rest of our lives. I mean, nobody's amazing at this. So we can read books that say, hey, when you say it this way and everything's perfect, I go, I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, conflict hurt people, hurt people. It's messy, but kingdom life is messy, but it's also beautiful. So for those of us that are avoiding, denying, pleasing, and then blaming, we've got to lean in and own our own part and not keep score but to come towards and be a little bit more assertive, not to win the fight, but just to engage and stand there longer. If we're more that fire-ready aim person where we really hurt with our words versus hurting with our resentment that we build, we've got to work on slowing that down, right? We've got to, we've got to really think first. And I always have people, I don't know, did you watch the, the golf open this weekend? I didn't. Okay. Anyway, it was. I'm, I'm fascinated by certain athletes that just have a certain practice that they do over and over again and really perform fairly well. This is not about a performance, but when you and I are really committed in our quiet time to, you know, having the Holy Spirit walk alongside us and say, hey, you know, the next time I'm in this dance with my spouse and I, I know I'm hurting with my words and I have, I'm convicted about it and I'm just struggling with that you know, visualize with the Holy Spirit a chance of how I want to do that different. And I'm going to end every sentence when I'm angry with these words. Um, What do you think? So the problem with the fighters, Bill, is they don't manage their anger because they're not really creating the dialogue. They're creating an, an attack. And so they've got to do different is 
be okay with their anger, but then create some empathy with it and say, but what do you, how about you? How do you see it? So they've got to, in my opinion, practice that and be in prayer about that. And just like the person that needs to be in prayer about a resentment builder, they've got to be in prayer about releasing that resentment, roll down the window and come towards. So mm-hmm. I think those are some strategies of how we get to manage the anger over time with God's self versus at managing us. We're getting some awfully good counseling uh, advice from Todd Mullican. He's my guest in studio. His website is Todd Mullican. You might be interested in how he spells his last name. It's M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N, toddmullican.com. We'll take a break, a short break and be right back. Todd Mulliken from toddmulliken.com. He's a counselor, amazing counselor. And we're chatting about four topics. Now, in this half hour, we're talked about managing our anger versus our anger managing us. Now, in the next 10 minutes or so, we're going to talk about having a forgiveness mindset versus a hurt mindset. All right, Todd. Ugh. Let's start with a forgiveness mindset. Forgiveness mindset is acknowledging the hurt we feel about something uh, and after that acknowledgement, not condoning the behavior that happened to us when we were hurt and setting boundaries with that particular person that we've been hurt by. And after we've done that, we get to go towards a forgiveness mindset of empathy, not codependency, not like, oh, isn't this wonderful this happened, and if I do this, then this person won't do this to me. But empathy of, hey, I, I understand what's going on in this situation, why my father really got upset the way he does from his history. I'm hurt with how he's doing that, so I'm confronted. But I'm releasing him from what he did to me so I can move on with my story because I have understanding about his pattern. So I'm forgiving that. I'm not forgiving in, in terms of, like, condoning what happened. But so the forgiveness mindset is one of empathy, understanding, and forgiveness while setting, while not condoning behavior and having good boundaries. Because oftentimes what happens when people rush into this mindset, they don't have the boundaries and they, in my opinion, might misinterpret, you know, the 70 times 7, which means continuing to let yourself be treated poorly versus, you know, having a forgiveness mindset towards the person, but also having good boundaries that don't condone the behavior that's happened to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a, a sort of a default response that doesn't, uh, we don't develop it overnight. No. I mean, when you think of stubbing your toe, let's say before you came to Christ, right? Maybe what would come out of your mouth would be yeah, very unpleasant or vile or something. Mm-hmm. And then you come to faith in Christ and you you might stub your toe and one of those still might come out. But over time, hopefully, that will change, right? Right. So you go, ouch, mm-hmm. and you leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so this this forgiveness mindset is something that doesn't come overnight either, does it? No, and 
It's really important to understand the other mindset first, which is the hurt or trauma mindset. So that can be as something as difficult as I'm living with somebody that has a drink every um, other uh, week, but I grew up with an alcoholic parent who was abusive, so now I think I'm with an alcoholic again because my hurt mindset is one of making an assumption about the other person's intention and my trauma mind is going to conflate this person's okay drinking, if you will, a couple, you know, a glass of wine every other week or right. so, you know, just a, they're not, you know, it's not substance abuse, it's substance use. But because I grew up with trauma around this area, it's going to light me up and I'm going to get into my trauma mindset. And now I'm going to make an assumption even about my partner's attention about what they're doing. Mm. And that's where it gets really slippery. And that can be as gentle as uh, somebody grew up with unresolved hurt with one of their parents. Just wasn't, you know, just wasn't good soothing. It was just hard. They both loved Christ and parented the best they could, but it just never resolved stuff. So there was a lot of hurt by that person, that parent who would ice me out or quiet me out. So now they've married somebody who kind of quiets them out a little bit. Now it even hurts even more. You know, and now for sure Scared I'm being me. now for sure. Sorry, <laughs> I just want to make sure you're engaged. Yeah. You know, right. don't ever do that again. <laughs> so oh, I love it. So you know, now I'm I'm going to make sure like they are. You know, this is what's happening to me. They are against me because they're shutting me out. Does that make sense? So I'm I'm taking something from happen the hurt that I've had before, and I'm conflating it to this. And now what I'm doing because we see it in society all over the place now. But we're making assumptions about other people's intentions that think differently than we do. And so the hurt mindset is really difficult to engage out of. That's why I'm for people moving towards a forgiveness mindset, which includes healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. So that means like, hey, hon, you know, when you're shutting me out like that, it, it just brings me right back to where I came from. And it feels like you're stonewalling me for sure. And now I get a chance to hear what my spouse is actually feeling, see what she or he has to say, because I'm trusting their intention. I'm not going to trust their intention if they've been cheating on me, if they're lying to me every minute about something. But I'm going to trust their intention because we have a good relationship. But, boy, under stress, you know, she does that, he does that. But in my hurt mindset, I might put something on my spouse and accuse them of something. And that is, so I'm going to give my spouse the benefit of the doubt in those situations and hear what she or he has to say, hey, you know, you're right, I shut down and it's not fair to you. I ice you out and I'm working on that. And that's good. Mm -hmm. But so does that make sense? So sometimes people are, we're all vulnerable to those hurt mindsets we have. And um, it's hard to jump to fact that we're for each other in this marriage, we're for each other in this family structure. We've had some hurt, but it's louder for folks that have a lot of untreated trauma from mm-hmm. their story. Todd Mulliken is my guest. We're obviously talking about relational things, and God wants us to have uh, forgiveness with each other, of course. Uh, Todd, I'm curious where self-care fits into all this, because mm-hmm. if I walk around with a hurt mindset, how much of this is my responsibility to do something about it? Yeah, love that. So I find myself saying a lot of times, work on your own side of the street. You know, don't keep score. Don't build up a resentment bank account. Work on your own side of the street. Work on your own self-care. You know, get really in a, in a loving way, you know, attached with the Holy Spirit that's just for us, is your advocate, is the spirit of truth, is your wise counselor, have good support, a few friends who, who get it, who are who are walking alongside you. 
um, you know, bounce it off a few people if you have this mindset that's going on. It's really just hard and overwhelming. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm because, you know, I'm working with a lot of folks that, you know, are really, really, really busy and have come from a lot, a lot, a lot of trauma. So in, sometimes in the busy, busy, busy stuff and wanting to organize and control everything, that's the only thing they can control because they grew up in such trauma. So now what they're getting to do is go, okay, I get to be a work before place person, yay. But I also get to, you know, hang out and hang out with that friend and go for a slice of pizza tonight. And my kid, my, my spouse has got the kiddos. It's good. You know, I get to go and do some alone time with God. I get to take it easy a little bit because I'm just too wound up because I, that's what I did to recover from the trauma I went through. So self-care is huge for just your own reflection and your own just reestablishing your identity in the Lord and, and he's for us in this. Isn't sometimes a super busy schedule a, a mechanism that you use to try to avoid your hurt? Can be. I mean, so if if, if, so if someone's listening right now and they go, okay, I'm, I've been in a marriage for 20 years and I don't have much of a support group. I don't have a lot of close friends. You know, I, I'm I'm working a job and taking care of kids and feeling frustra- frustrated. Now I got a lot to, this Todd guy is telling me I got a lot of stuff to do. Right. That'd be you. <laughs> and you get, and the good news is you get to do it. The, the, the cool part about the counseling piece, Bill's going, yeah, right. Is, <laughs> is the, ant- the antidotes are good news, right? The antidotes are really good news. You know, the antidotes that, you know you're loved and it's okay to be busy and going, you know, getting after stuff and finishing things and mm-hmm. it's wonderful. And am am I taking time to slow down and be still? How do you realize you have a hurt mindset? Because mm. that's got to be a, one of those blind spots oh, on somebody boy. that they go, oh, I don't have a hurt blind spot and everyone around them goes, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you, you do. do. <laughs> right? So it, it yeah. takes that person who's around to say, you know, hon, when, when you... When you made that assumption about me, it was crushing because that wasn't my intention. So I'm constantly telling couples and and friends and people I know and myself, if I make an assumption about my wife, Laura, at all, and it's a negative one, I'm going to ask her first about it. Okay, I'm, Say I'm that gonna, again. If I'm going to make any assumption about a, a spouse's intention... yeah. And it's a negative assumption I'm making... Give me an example. Um, I'm lost right now. Okay. I'm so, a little lost. Oh, that's okay. So... Um, uh, we have a parenting argument about one of our kids okay. years ago. And, uh, you know, she was, uh, she handled in a way that I thought was unhealthy. And then she got upset with me about it, let's say. And, and I'm just saying, yeah, she's, she's, you know, she's not listening to me. She's not for me. She's, she's just seeing it her own way mm-hmm. and that's it. And I'm hurt by that. And I don't trust her. Her intentions were good because she just wanted to be right. Okay. So that's when I'm going there. Now I'm, oh, she just wanted to be right. Oh, I'm just making that assumption about her. Oh, I got you. Okay. I'm making an assumption about what her intention was versus me letting her in. And if I do that, then I'm going to my resentment bank and putting a few bucks in there. And so we get to not do that anymore. Yeah. Right. So it's good news. Yeah. We'll take a short break. We'll come back lots more with Todd Mulliken. You can go to toddmulliken.com. If you have a question for Todd, let me know what it is. 877-933-2484. Be right back. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. 
is the afternoon show. I'm so glad to have Todd Mulliken in the studio with me. I always like it when he comes in. Most of the time he brings me a Starbucks, but today he didn't. <laughs> I am not resentful. I am not at, oh, I'm not at Bitter Mountain. Bill, you're growing. You're, uh, not, you're not on Anger Mountain? I'm not on Anger Mountain. Oh, that's beautiful. No, I can wow. see it from here, but, tr- but I'm not on it. Well, transformation <laughs> happens over time, not overnight. So. Yeah. yeah. All right, Todd, here's a, uh, a comment made by Joseph. He said, I uh, find um, many not to have a... Wait, here we go. Would you agree that an aspect of the forgiveness mindset is not based upon whether or not we get our way in the matter, but more about what is right based on the reconciliation model according to Scripture? Oh, wow, so good. Yeah, when when I have a need to get my way, then I'm really not... I'm not really that content with myself. I love when Paul says a secret in life. I would go, what is it, please? It's to be content in all things, whether in plenty or in want. So if I'm in a content, wise mind mindset, it's not about needing to be right about this issue because I'm comfortable with where I'm coming from. It's more about creating space for a reconciliation process. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. Another question. I It feels to me like whenever I disagree and tell the other person that they are not correct about something... Then the parameters change on their argument to make it so that their argument is still correct and true. Yes. How do you talk through and move beyond moving goalposts? Yeah. Well, I think it's less about me. You know, again, you've heard me say, speak without offending, listen without defending. Good luck with both of those. So <laughs> when, when you're doing that, then my goal when I'm listening is not to be right my, my, or to even correct the other person as much as it is trying to understand where they're coming from, right? James is quick to listen, not quick to be right. So in the spirit of disagreeing, in my mind, it's less about me because I love what the, what the readers or the listeners saying there, um, but it's less about disagreeing with the other person is more about I'm hearing their perspective and then I'm also sharing mine, right? So this is not about one-upping or needing to be right. It's more about sharing perspectives. Mm-hmm. It's not wishy-washy. It's not like passive. It's very powerful. Yeah. So I think we need to reframe the the arguments into, and that's what, that's what peace actually means is healthy mediated conflict. So peace isn't an avoidance of conflict, right? It's healthily mediated, which doesn't mean it's perfect. It means we have two people that are disagreeing, but we're creating a place to do it well. But what about when the goalposts are getting Yeah, moved? when the goalposts move, it's right. What he said there is because I think people, when they get hurt, then they just want to be right. You know, because now we're not, we're not for each other. I don't trust the person. I don't trust their intentions. And, you know, and I know they probably believe these seven other things about things, and I know that for sure because now we're hurt and we just, you know, our brain's even wired like that to you know, protect ourselves because we've been hurt versus, hey, wait a minute, I'm okay. You know, God's still on the throne. I'm okay. This person sees something very different than I do. But how am I just staying regulated in my space in Christ and saying, here's where I'm coming from. How about you? You just move the goalpost, but I'm with you. Here we go. Uh, you can move the goalpost all you want, but here's my perspective. And it sounds like you moved it here. Is that accurate? You know what I mean? So we're just not defined by other people's reactions, Bill, but more about our intentions. Hmm. All right. <clears throat> then, Next topic I want to discuss, Todd, if you would be so willing to talk about um, making our relationship a priority through the gift of time. Yeah, so in a couple of the books I wrote, I I talk about these three tiers of time. Uh, So in our non-work time, how are we doing with marriage time first, because that's what we're for, family time second, 
an individual time third. Now, we're for all of that, but I've seen with most couples with kiddos, the family time is kind of running everything. And if we get a chance to squeeze in a date or if we get a good way every three years, we're good. And that's not like horrible. It's just like it, it won't be, it'll be more coexisting than interactive. You know, it'll be more, as you've heard me say, transactional versus transformative. So we want to run towards healthy marriage time first. And I talk about five things, very basic. You know, I talk about daily sharing. I talk about knowing when your next date is and knowing when your next getaway is at all times. Even if your next getaway isn't for, like ours is in San Antonio late October. Okay, okay. I know what it is, yay. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that. Because mm-hmm. if, if I get in a fight on Wednesday night and I don't have a getaway or I don't have a date plan, I might not want to go on a date Friday. I'm upset. I'm mm-hmm. going to go suck my thumb for a week and, yeah. you know, and just just act like a victim and like, no, get over myself. and You and your hurt mindset. Right. Versus, hey, we have to have a conversation and we get to come towards each other. So marriage time matters. So date nights, daily sharing, spiritual intimacy, meaning like, you know, we're watching church online or we're going to church. You know, let's talk about what the... What did God put in your heart about the sermon or you know, however quiet time's been this week? Yeah. doesn't mean we need to do devotions every night for 45 years. Not bad. If you do, it's like, that'd be amazing. But most couples get in devotional patterns and they stop and they feel bad. They feel ashamed. And I go, it's okay. Get back on it. It's okay. But how are we coming towards each other with some type of spiritual intimacy and looking for each other in that? So it's a way of keeping, you know, Jesus just in our conversation and in our mix um, so we want to have those conversations because we're for each other. And then how are we taking time for true emotional and physical intimacy? We're for those things. How are we making time for that? So I just, I like people to look at their week and their month, especially if they're raising kiddos and stuff and just busy to say, Hey, are we majoring on the majors here? We're not keeping score. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's more about what are we doing? So marriage time is a priority first. And when couples do that, that's just, as a game changer, Bill. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, marriage, we see more of the worst each other than the best of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we just do. We get hurt and we get frustrated and we have <clears throat> difficult days and they can kind of accumulate versus, boy, when you're, you know, you're just on your best behavior and you're for that person, you're out for two or three hours or you're lighting a candle under COVID and whatever, you're just, you're there and you're present and we're for each other. So mm-hmm. knowing your next date is, knowing your next getaway is. Mm-hmm. The second tier is family time. So if, if there's... Uh, You know, you got kiddos, how are we doing having good individual time with our kids? How are we doing having traditions for the kids when they're young and discussions with them as they get older? So we're just for healthy family time. Or we have blended families. I deal with a lot of blended families. How are we with taking time for each other's families and know they're for that? And that's on the schedule and we get that and we get to walk alongside each other in that. But then I think the third tier, and you kind of brought up last uh, segment, Bill, is that individual time. Mm Mm-hmm. How am I doing, really doing what brings life to me in my own time, whether I've got 40 people over for a party or I want to go hang out in the deer stand or I want to go break bread with my, my friends on the weekend or I just get to have some of my own individual time so I come back to my spouse, to my significant other with a lot of focus and I'm lit up and I'm for you. <laughs> so um, we need to be intentional, though, about doing time well. And maybe you've heard... I can't remember if I repeated myself, but there's three kinds of people in the world, right? People that make things happen like this, people that let things happen, and people that say what happened, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times when you're raising kids and marriage is just going, it just it just goes, and we just don't get intentional about planning. So I'm a big believer in having quality time just yeah. be a, a major thing. That's I, like, 
I like that expression, Todd, do time well. I like that because quality time seems a little vague to me, mm. uh, but I like doing time well. I, you and I both remember growing up as kids when mom and dad went out for uh, an evening on Saturday to a friend's house or t- to a restaurant. There was no way of getting a hold of them. <laughs> They That's were home so at, true. They were home it was at a 10. babysitter, right? Yeah, you have an issue, you talk to your babysitter or whatever. Or, or if you got older, old enough, you, got, yeah. you were home by, by yourself, yeah. and you didn't have a way to contact your yeah. parents. I mean, they would leave, we're going to be at this restaurant. Yeah. But you wouldn't call them at the no. restaurant. No. Um, I got a hangnail. I'm going to call my mom. Right. Right. Yeah, come on. But now with mm. texting and calling and cell phones, and you see couples out, and they're both holding their phones looking at it, and I, I wonder, is that your date night? Right? It's really hard not to get judgy on that. It's so hard. No, I'm not being judgy. Well, I am, though. Oh, I know, well, I'm, you can I, be judgy I... all you want, but I'm the host. <laughs> I'm not going to be judgmental. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I feel more sorry for them yeah. than anything. Yeah. Because this is your big night out, and you yeah. guys are both looking at your phones. I know. And taking text messages from your kids. Oh. And then there's a little bit of differences of love languages with quality time for guys versus women in general. Not mm-hmm. always. Like, I wish I had a dollar for every time I have a guy, you know, I have a couch there, and the guy's there, and the gal's there, and they're sitting like, he's going, God, we're good, you know? And I said, <laughs> what'd you talk about? Oh, we didn't talk this week, but we watched a few shows. It was just so nice, you know? And she's going, I, you know, he's home, but nobody's home. Yeah. Right. And so the quality time in general for yeah. the woman in general is like, you know, how are we coming towards each other and at least connecting a little bit or talking about life and, you know, eyeball to eyeball and having some undivided attention. And in general, it doesn't mean men don't like that, but in general, the guy's just feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm close to this woman I love. And, you know, so we get to, so I love when you said do time well, we're being intentional about coming towards each other. Mm-hmm. But and- we're... Like, I know it sounds strange, but there are many times I just kind of bring the phone in naturally. But I always feel good when I leave the phone in the car. I go, yay, left in the car. Like, yeah. Yay. Victory. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because there was a time when it wasn't, I, I brought this up in the first hour with Patrick. I said, mm. there, or maybe it was David Miles. There was a, there was a time when it, it wasn't even an issue because they didn't exist. And now they're such a part of how we live that it does erode at some point, I think, some... Quality time. That right? really matters. Yeah. What are we missing? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it's good in our non-work time. So you may have a season of life where we're work hard, play hard marriage, Bill, where you're really going, um, you know, it's 100 miles an hour because both people have new jobs and it's just crushing them. And so it's really, really busy. But we know we're going to really play hard in June and we're planning for that. So even though we're working hard in May and it's really hurting us and we're not feeling connected, we know June is coming. You know what I mean? So even if you're in a season that's tough, be intentional about getting that stuff on the books. It just helps. Mm-hmm. Be intentional about playing. We get to be old like me, you know, when we're, all of our kids are older and out of the house, we, we have plenty of time, but it's still good to plan and be intentional about it. Just it helps you look forward to stuff. Yeah. You know, and it helps you have a, you know, light in your eye for your spouse versus, you know, two days ago we got into a fight and I'm still, I don't know if I want to, yeah, I'm hanging out of that one, I think, you know, versus, hey, I better get over this. We're going on a date. Let's go. You know, God, you know, convict me. Let's go. Let's, we're for each other. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let some of that go. Talk it through, but don't be, def- you know, learn from your hurt. Don't be defined by your hurt. You know, learn from the arguments, but be defined by your victories, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I think time really matters. When I have couples do those three tiers of time and they get after it, it's like, the other thing I talk a lot about is Sunday summits. So 
take an hour on a Sunday and just plan your week and your month and get on the books. Because even if you have a non-planner with a planner, which happens in a lot of marriages, one person wants to know what to do in 2023, the other person doesn't know what day it is, and both people are fine. (laughs) <laughs> but they, but they get judgy on the other person. Like, oh, I'm I'm married to somebody that's running a military camp, or I'm married to somebody that's a slob doesn't know what day it is. Well, both are wrong. Both, yeah, are for each other. They just have different ways of going about life. So, yeah. So the, the, <laughs> the time kind of helps it. You know, when we when we come to, towards each other, I think it really helps our personalities blend too and be more accepting of our differences. Mm-hmm. All right. When we come back, we're going to continue our talk with Todd Mulliken. Uh, about how to share affirmations versus criticisms. And there's a ratio, five to one. We'll learn more about that when we come back. Todd Mulliken is my guest. Go to toddmulliken.com. Learn more about Todd. Be right back. to be with you today. I hope your day has gone well, and I so appreciate our time together. Todd Mulliken is my guest in studio. We're talking about relationships. We talked about managing our anger versus our anger managing us. And then we talked about having a forgiving mindset versus a hurt mindset. And then we talked about making our relationship a priority through the gift of time. And he gave a really nice explanation of the three tiers of time from one of his books. Now, we're going to leave on a real positive note. We're going to wrap the show up. We've got 10 minutes or so, Todd. Let's talk about how to share affirmations versus criticisms at a ratio of 5 to 1. Well, I started thinking about this many years ago because I was noticing when I'd have a pre-marriage couple in, I didn't have to do any work. I mean, I did because I talk about their past patterns, but very little about how they're treating each other in real time and be more... I mean, lovingly nauseating, like, oh, he's so, or she's just amazing. You <laughs> mm-hmm. know, he even changes the tire as well. It's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. But there's something sweet about that. Yeah. Right? Something like, you know, letting, you know, and that's probably because there hadn't been as much hurt going on yet. And that's where the hurt kind of sneaks up and gets louder than the joy. So we, we got to keep regulating and managing that hurt and letting go. So... What I was noticing is just, God, they are like in our five sessions together, they're really affirming each other, like, hey, thanks for that. Or, you know, yesterday when you did that, that was really helpful. And it's not like they're both needy, but they both were for each other enough to, from their own place of just really loving the other person well, just would affirm what was true and good. Like Paul says, he didn't write from prison saying, hey, make sure you criticize each other as much as you can and have a nice day, you know. Think of, I don't think it says that. Philippians 4, <laughs> four 6, and 7. So, I'll check my Bible. Yeah, right. So, you know, think about whatever true noble of excellence of praise. Think on these things and then put them in the practice and God of peace will be with you. And like, yeah. So I just started to notice that pattern uh, of of that in general as people are getting, you know, spending more and more time together in marriage, what they don't usually say much unless there is a problem. That makes sense. So some couples get better at like, hey, we need to bring up the stuff that's hard so we can at least address it. So I'm for that. Mm-hmm. 
But I've always said with couples I work with, you know, unless they're in like a specific recovery pattern, but even when they're in recovery from something that's really traumatic, as we're doing the recovery work, I also want to encourage them, hey, when you have a good day, just, you know, celebrate that and bank that while we're dealing with this really painful stuff you're overcoming. So whether you're a couple that's really going through deep recovery work or you're just kind of got off track a little bit, get into this rhythm of changing your eyes for each other by having five affirmations towards your spouse versus one criticism. So, and that isn't about, okay, I'm going to say five nice things real quick and then look out. (laughs) It's not like a a mindset where I'm just waiting, okay, yeah, 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 okay, I'm going to do that and then boom. It's more, it's just changing my eyes. Um, Yeah. Uh, because uh, I'm more defined by something that my spouse did that hurt me yesterday versus the 20 things that are beautiful. Now, if what the hurt was was really like a crusher and a game changer, then we got to address that. So I'm not asking us to live in la-la land, but I've seen way too many times, myself included, where, you know, a, a little scrape that we're trying to deal with will prevent the couple from also looking at what what they're for. Versus in kingdom life, we get to live in the tension of both. We get to live in the tension of days when we feel like, you know, God is just right there with us, along with days where we feel like we're in the wilderness, right? So I'm for people doing that five-to-one stuff. I mean, at some level, if I leave here uh, and go home, and I think on the way home, I think of the five things I love most about my wife uh, versus the two things I got to tell her because that's still not good enough what she's doing, it's... You know, it's going to determine the kind of night I have. So it doesn't mean I'm going to avoid the hard one, but I'm also going to look for what is true and what is good because we get to. And we're just, sometimes we lose track of that and we don't, and sometimes we even think, well, I'm in denial if I do that. You know, well, I don't think you're in denial if you're addressing hard stuff, but also celebrating what is good. I'm thinking about this one now. Just so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I think of when it, when it rains real hard and the, and the water just runs into the street. Mm. Um, so it's not, that's not the kind of good watering for your yard, right? Mm-hmm. It's that slow, mm. kind of that slow, steady, kind of gentle rain that saturates A everything. Yeah. A soaker. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think it's important what I'm hearing you say, Todd, is... Uh, if you, you want to give five affirmations, it's not going to be like a flood storm. Mm-hmm. You should maybe be watering and saturating throughout the day. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that image because that's kind of the foundational piece. Is that's what I love about working with you know the couples in that pre-marriage process. You just see some of the kind of acceptance of what is beautiful and their they're claiming it, you know, and, but you're right. It isn't over, you know, gushing, you know, too much. It's just more of a rhythm that's steady and consistent. And I, I've, you know, I think, cause I do think most homes just talk about hurt too much. I mean, uh, they tend to just talk about hurt and score keep versus address hurt. Don't avoid it. Don't go, you know, avoidance on the bit, address it. Let's get after it. And we get to also play in the sandbox. Because sometimes I think even in the counseling process, and I tell every couple I see this, look, you know, if you and I just spend, you know, 12 sessions together and all we do is unpack the worst thing that happened to you for each 12 times for 55 minutes and then send you out, you know, good luck. So we want to talk about the hard stuff for sure and get better at that. 
And we also want to acknowledge what went beautiful the last three weeks and claim that and bank that. And so the only way that's going to happen is if both people have those eyes for each other about what is good in real time and acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. But I love your image of slow and steady. Yeah. What if there's been a drift? You know how that drift starts very slowly and it, and it keeps going in that direction. And then one day you wake up and you go, I don't even know who this person is right. anymore. Yeah. What, what happens when you've got that situation? How do you address that if there's... A, maybe decades of hurt and distance. Yeah, but I think both are in play. And I think first, if if I've been avoiding the mess for 100 years and that's on me and I got to address it and, you know, I, I get to say like, you know, I am for us, but I don't, I feel distant and I'm sad and I'm kind of scared where we're going. Where are you at with that? And that could be really difficult and challenging and, you know, unresolved, and we know we're getting help a week from Tuesday. Um, we're for that. And so that couple, it doesn't mean you're faking it till you make it, but it means it's an and. I'm really scared and alone and don't feel close. And, you know, thanks, uh, you know, thanks for today. You know? mm-hmm. Thanks for showing up. You know what I mean? So it's, and again, some of that is based on our personality bill and right on our styles and what we're energized by and what our motivations are. But I think both can be in play, even if you're have been adrift for a long time. So you don't rush to la la land, but you also don't, you know, stay in the resentment bank and hang yeah. and have a party. Todd Mulliken is my my guest. Todd is self centeredness the root of all the problems. Mm-hmm. Self centeredness is that at the root of most everyone's problems. Yeah, I mean, I think if we are talking about self centeredness in a way that is. Um, you know, ideally what I want to say to that is like if I'm centered on a sense that here's how God has made me in his image and I'm grateful for that and I'm getting myself centered on that, you know, that I am loved by God. And, you know, I mean, but I think what you're talking about self-centeredness is really kind of... Selfishness. Right, a little bit more of a form of kind of mild narcissism. There's nine symptoms, and you and I have talked about that, but it's more always bringing it back to me. It's always this need to be right. There's a level of arrogance versus humility. There's a, you know, a sense of entitlement versus empathy. There's a sense of, you know, thinking I'm a big deal versus, like, I have no idea. How about you? You know, so, yeah, I, I agree, like... And where I think self-centeredness comes in a lot is this sense of I'm entitled to hang on to this stuff, and I know I'm right. And yeah, yeah. so I think that's a fair statement. And if expectations are not being met, then what? Yeah, that's a tough one. How do we yeah. balance that, right? Uh, that's, that's I mean, I'm my, my identity is in Christ, so that's where I'm gaining my traction from and my identity in. And I'm for a really loving marriage, uh, and it. You know, it's been tough this last year, and I, I don't. I feel more unloved, and I feel alone. And where are you at, honey, with that? So again, I still think when we're in that place of managing our expectations, we get to have an interaction about it versus an interrogation versus scorekeeping and versus denial. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're we're addressing the mess, but we're doing it in a way that's more like, hey, we're in this together, and it's really tough right now. Um, so I'm managing those expectations. Um, 
but I'm still sharing what I need. Does that make sense? I mean, the best way to put it is like when you're on your third date, you're not saying, here's my love language is meet him or I'm out, mm-hmm. right? So, but sometimes in marriage when we feel hurt after a while, it's like, hey, you're not doing anything. So what's going on here? So versus, hey, I've been struggling with how we haven't been doing good and I felt unloved. Where are you at? So we're still going to create an interaction versus an interrogation or scorekeeping. Yeah. Todd, thanks for coming in. You bet. Thanks for having me. Bob. Always nice to see you. Todd Mulliken has been my guest. He's a counselor and author and is a speaker on marriage and families. His website is Todd with two D's, T-O-D-D, Mulliken, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. You can go check him out, see his good looking picture and learn about all of his services. That wraps up our show for the day. And I just want to thank uh, Patrick, who got things started on the lighter side, and also the Monday Afternoon Mix. We learned a lot about what it's like to get out into the boundary waters and get yourself refreshed, start looking at life with new excitement, which is what David Miles did. Fun to hear his story. And then a full hour with Todd about relationships. And I hope you can affirm the one you love tonight, let them know how much you care, and let them know that it's God's love and your love and Make it a sweet, tender moment. Make it happen tonight. As you lay your head on the pillow, you can just be assured God loves you and is working on his wonderful plan in your life. I hope you get that nice restorative sleep tonight. I hope you uh, can rest knowing that you are in his hands. I hope you uh, have a great evening. Enjoy your dinner if you haven't already eaten. And uh, have a good evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.